What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Elevate Your Grind. I am your host, Todd Rosales, and it is great to be here today. Um, we seem to be getting into repeat guest territory, I guess, when you do 200 episodes of a show. Uh, there are only so many interesting people in the industry. No, I kid. Um, our last guest, or today's guest, I'm just going to get into it because we are actually having a conversation uh, before I hit record, and I said, hold on, let's actually save this for the podcast, because that's why we're here. But please welcome Dan Fertel, the CEO of TRP Co. Dan, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, title's president, wouldn't want to steal uh, my partner Brandon's thunder as the CEO, but I appreciate ah. that. Well, I don't know why I thought you were... <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. It's all good. You, you just have that presence about you is what it is. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But so, uh, no, thank a you. Man, thank a you, man you. always on the move when we do these interviews. It is good to have you back, man. The last time you were on the show, October 6th, 2020 is when you were on mm. the show. We we're in mid-pandemic and you guys were really starting to get operations going in Florida to get open. I think about 20 months later, we now have cookies in Florida. I'm really excited about it. Um, I made a pilgrimage down to the store and I will tell you, there is literally only one thing wrong with the store. There's nothing wrong with anything you guys did for one thing. And that is that it is 61.8 miles from my house. <laughs> Other than that, it is a great store. Um, I but I would that. love to, I would love to hear how, how the opening went for you guys. Obviously it was completely slammed. One of the biggest openings I've seen in the state of Florida by far. How's the opening going? How's, how is cookies in Florida? Cause I know the state's been excited for it for a long time. Yeah, it's been it's been good. Um, you know, a lot of people came out for the opening. Um, really good energy. A lot of people flew in from out of town. Um, you know, we kind of we took over the Colombian restaurant next door, which is really cool. So we kind of created like a nice little vibe between the different parcels there and uh, had like it's really hot out. So we had some cool, cool places to hang out. We had some games out there. Um not as many campers as we usually do, but I think uh, summertime in Florida, I think the Floridians, it's almost like a like a, an agreed upon thing where it's like, hey, let's not let's not camp out for days. So we think we got people camping out the night before. Um, the weather was pretty hot, but uh, no, it was it was really really good. I mean, it exceeded expectations, um, and we're just excited to get it done. Just it was uh, a lot of really really long hours and hard work um, getting to that point, and. Uh, we're just it was just kind of a big relief to like finally open, you know, it, it it was really interesting as far as the opening goes, because, you know, I feel like you guys reached a different crowd than than a typical opening here. Whereas, you know, when we get a new MMTC, as we call them down here in Florida, the opening is a lot of patients that are just excited to try something new. But I think the audience that you guys reach not, I think I know are pure cookies fans, people that just. They know cookies is coming. They have no clue about the Florida cannabis industry. I feel like your staff at the front door had a lot of time. I mean, I saw the the advertisements that you guys were putting out there for opening. Hey, you need a medical card. If you want to buy weed, you need a medical card. Come to the store, the medical card. Here's how you get your medical card, medical card, medical card, medical card. And I got to tell you, I went probably a week after the opening, maybe about nine days after the opening, because I'm not a big fan of lines. And yeah. There were people who walked in multiple times ahead of me that just didn't have their medical card. They saw cookies and they were so pumped to just be able to go into a cookies in their area. It's to me, you guys transcend the program here. It's just people know cookies. They know what it is and they want to be able to access it. Do you feel that way with you guys that you're different than a lot of the MMTCs because of that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think now there's there's kind of a few of us that that sort of cater to um, the quality demographic down there, and I do think that we 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 were kind of pushing out how easy it is to get your card, um, just because we knew that there's probably a big demographic of our customer that isn't currently a card holder in Florida. So we wanted to make sure that those guys knew how easy it was, you know, pretty much same day, you know, within a half hour, hour, you can get your card these days, as long as you're a resident of Florida. So we, we kind of made that push a month before. I think a lot of people were getting their cards to see us. Um, and yeah, I mean, from what I'm told, I haven't actually been to um, a lot of the other shops in Florida. I mean, I've kind of been to the outsides, but haven't really been to like any grand openings or anything like that. But I do think that we probably had more of like the, the true connoisseur smoker community than some of the other guys. Um, not that there's anything wrong with really anybody that um, wants to do it, but we did kind of hit, hit like a, dim- a different demo, which is exciting. It is exciting. And one of the exciting things for me is I think it's, you guys brought a, a quality of product to the state that I don't want to say has been missing, but it's certainly been inconsistent, right? Uh, I will say that I have found good product in this state, but it's hit or miss. There are certain strains that delivered over and over. And you know what? I'll, I'll say it out loud because they're no longer associated with it. Like, But with, with one plant, right? They had a Mac 1 that was fire. And then it died off and then it came back and it was really good. And then it died off and it depends what the harvest was and everything else. And it just wasn't reliable. And it was when it was good, it was great. Right. And I think there's a lot of that around the state. When I went down to cookies, um, stupid limits kept me from really going ham in your store. But, you know, I think I, I got the apples and bananas. I got the Blanco. Um, what else did I get? Uh, two other strains, I want to say. Um, Hopefully I got was some jealousy. Jealousy, jealousy, really jealousy was another one that Eric had tried. Um, so we were able to get a lot of the strains and I will say there wasn't one that missed. And, you, you know, I, I happened to be leveraging a lot of California product at the time and I didn't notice a drop off in quality. Right. So that makes me really happy because I think not only is there now a place where you can access quality product, but I think the other MMTCs around here are going to step up their game and try to bring the same thing that you guys are bringing. I'm happy to see you leading the charge. Um, what is the plan for expansion? I made the joke about, you know, your store being 61 miles from my house and that being the only thing wrong with it. Um, trust me, when I'm in the area, I'll definitely stop by, but I am lazy. Um, are you guys <laughs> going to be doing delivery? You know, where are the next geographies that we can look to for cookies in Florida? And we're going to get beyond Florida in a little bit, but I'm yeah. always selfish and I want to know how I benefit from what you guys are doing first. For sure, man. And Florida's Florida's like a major, major focus for our company. And so the, the next store that we will probably open, um, will likely be in Orlando. Um, also probably not what you want to hear. Um, I take the we, family to Disney quite often, so it's, yeah. it's actually, it's not terrible. Yeah. So, so we, we've got, we've got about 10 different locations in the hopper. A few of them are under construction. You know, for us, it was about dialing in our supply chain. We didn't want to run out of product, you know, even after that opening and a few days after we never actually had to close or, um, we ran out of SKUs of course, but we never just ran out of everything. And that was really important for us because we wanted to stay consistent. We didn't want people to show up and be closed or not not be able to serve the patients of Florida. So, you know, really dialing that in. We're under construction on a, on a lot more lights um, as we speak. People swing, swinging hammers. And so once that's done, then um, 
really it was about opening this store, seeing how much sales we would do from this store and not getting too ahead of ourselves in terms of the, the locations because we want to meet, well, you just don't run out of product is, is the bottom line. But um, now that we kind of see where things are, are at, um, you know, what we have now is definitely more than ample to supply the Miami store. And then with our expansion, that'll be done, you know, in the next little bit here, um, that should probably get us to about six to 10 stores comfortably in the state, depending on, on the volumes of those stores. So we, um, we, and we've got all those, those locations lined up already. So we're just going to have, you know, one or two in the hopper that are ready to open. And as we feel comfortable that we can supply those stores, the product we're going to open um, and we're going to just continue to be adding SKUs. Um, and uh, you know, there's just, there's so much, so much that we can get done. So we're just kind of scratching the surface. It's, it's really exciting. It, it is exciting. And, and candidly, I would expect a move like Orlando, you have Miami um, Orlando seems to be the lucky ones that get all the, the newer companies. I know jungle boys did Orlando. You guys are doing Orlando, some of the other smaller operators, but it makes sense because it's such a densely populated area. You have, you know, you have families, you have retirees, you have UCF right there. So it, it is a great location for a heavy concentration of people. And then as tour, you know, if we ever get to recreational here in the state, I mean, tourism, there's really not much better places you can go than Miami and Orlando as far as the amount of people that are coming in, right? So I, that's really exciting. And I love the fact that you're talking about making sure that you have enough product to supply each store before you open the next one. Because I feel like an additional pressure that you have is people will travel for cookies, right? And we saw that with the Orlando opening. And I'm sure you know, you, you probably get some people making pilgrimages from the West coast or, or even from Orlando at this point that don't know that you have stores coming and there's nothing worse than if they drove multiple hours to get to the store and they can't buy what they came for. That would be a terrible sure. feeling or even worse. The door is closed. This actually happened to me for Texas barbecue. I remember one night I was driving around an Uber for two hours looking for barbecue, but it's nine 30 and everybody's out of food. So, um, totally. I, it always comes back to food, but you know, my point being is I feel like that's really important to make sure that you guys can support the steady flow of products. And I recently, I mean, earlier today, I looked at the Miami menu and I would say that you would actually, not only are you supplying your store, but you actually have a good selection of products for people to pick from. It's not like, Hey, if you come down, you're getting two or three strains or, or just that. Um, so I think that's really cool. One thing I wanted to touch on, I thought was awesome. You guys named your smalls mediums yeah that's hilarious by the way who came up with that? uh man i actually think it was some guys in the facility somebody um, had to be wearing a shirt that was too tight that day it it, it was more of like because 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 really you know we've seen we've seen some of the competitors not even competitors just some of the other license holders in the state and we see what their ace look like and you know, we see what smalls are in Cali and it's just, uh, you know, like our, our schmediums are really kind of what a lot of other groups are putting out in Florida as, as their normal ace. And it, it, it's same product. It's just, you know, it's just smaller nugs than we're putting in our eighth bags, but we're super, super selective on the QC. So I think people will feel really good. Um, it, it, it if there's anything that we kind of got knocked on was, was our price point. And so we, we you know, we heard the people, we had a plan for it. Unfortunately, they weren't there and ready when we opened, but, um, you know, it's about a, you know, $15 difference per eighth and it's the same quality product. If you're going to roll the joint 
it doesn't matter anyways because you're just grinding it. So honestly, it's it's a it's a win. I mean, I, we're kind of seeing that trend in California right now, where you know smalls are just are are doing really well because you know look, I mean, gas is through the roof. Maybe not as bad in Florida as it is in California, but dollars are tight right now, and you know that that upper shelf is getting squeezed. So we want to be able to give something that's affordable um, to the consumers and to the into the patients. So having the option is really cool. We also um, we also dropped a Sif rosin pen, um, which is kind of nice. like our our distillate. Like we're not we're not we're never gonna. I don't want to say never, but we're probably never gonna put out distillate. And so this Sif rosin. Um, I'm not a I'm not an extract expert. It's like I don't want to I don't want to butcher exactly what it is, but it's um, you know it's not as it's not as high end as our as our as our live rosin, but it's live rosin. It's just kind of like um, a little bit less of lesser quality, but it's still awesome and it's way better than distillate and it's a lot cheaper. So we introduced those pens to the market, which we're really excited about. So between the mediums and the sip rosin pens, um, we kind of have a different price point for people but we're not sacrificing um, quality. You know, I was really hoping to not have to drive back down to Miami, but you're giving me the hard sell here. Now <laughs> there are more products that I want to go purchase. So I'm, I'm a little upset with you over that. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I get great food whenever I go down there too. So it, it is all good. Um, oh man, I had another point that I wanted to go to on the, the Schmediums uh, price point, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember where I was going with that, but Huh. All right. We will we'll switch here. So Cookies in Miami going awesome. You guys are opening in. Oh, so just looking at this state more and obviously being selfish with Florida, two things I want to go and it's kind of switching from the consumer standpoint to more the business standpoint. Right. The one thing I made the joke about, but it is kind of a true thing is you guys are now dealing with a problem that no other MMTC had to deal with in the past, which they're all dealing with now is those those rolling limitations, right? To where you can only buy 2.5 ounces every like 35 days or so. And I'll be honest, like there was a limitation on cannabis prior to this. You had whatever it was, your script, and it ran out. And to be honest, the, the, the medical program in Florida is almost as complicated as the tax code. But, you know, yeah with these limitations and you look at what your market share is when you do your projections for same source sales, all these things in the state of Florida, do you have to take these limitations into place? Right? So like when I look at the state of Florida, although we did like 1.4, $1.5 billion in revenue last year, that was off of like 450, 500,000 patients. I think we're up to like 715, call it 750 for the sake of argument. Now you have 750,000 people that can only buy X amount every so many days, right? So when you look at your stores in Florida, is it kind of, because like in California, you're like, okay, well, we got to get people into the store and then we got to get them buying more because you can do that. You can get someone to buy an ounce to, and I think the limit's an ounce a day, but you can get them to buy an ounce and come back the next day and buy an ounce. You can get people to buy more. In Florida, they can only buy so much. And once they start buying that much, you legally cannot sell them more. Does that, does, do the plans for output and really forecasting, does that come into consideration? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 Yes and no. I mean, we're not like our store pipeline is our store pipeline. Our our cultivation pipelines are cultivation pipeline. We it's it's happening regardless. Um, we don't know what the effect is going to be of those regs yet. But we're also not we're not like cutting down how many lights we're putting out or how many stores we're opening because of that. Um, you know, if it affects the bottom line or how much sales we do. 
TBD, um, but our, we're still executing on our same business plan that we had before. Very cool. Yeah, I'm just kidding. That's that's honestly more of a personal question as I look to expand our. Yeah, it's it's well not too. it's not ideal. Um, I mean, I'm not. Gonna not lie. ideal for it's us not, as as consumers either. I'll tell you. How yeah, much. It's, it's not ideal for anybody. I mean, especially if look. I mean, the most severe cases if you are very very sick and you need to smoke a lot. I mean, to limit that person or to tell that person it cannabis affects everybody differently, and so people have tolerances. Um, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, honestly. Like if someone wanted to get a script of, you know, pick a pill, they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna like limit it. It's like how much they need or how much the doctor yeah. thinks that they need. So it's, it's, it is what it is, honestly. Like I, I'll, I'll nothing we can about do it about it. So you don't have to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta watch like what I say. I mean, you know, we love Florida. The regulators honestly have been great to work with, um, you know, and, and we're just kind of doing our thing. It's, it's, it's not, it's not the most ideal situation. I wish there wasn't those limitations, but it is what it is. Agree with you on that. And I remember, it's funny. I actually now remember the other point I wanted to make before I took us all into left field with the regulations and everything else like that, when it comes to your mediums and, and what comes in an eighth, it's funny because like, it wasn't until I started going to hall of flowers that I started to see one nug eighths and things like that and i always thought it was yeah. crazy but candidly you know back when i was buying off the black market and before people were telling me what was cool to buy dude i love the bag with little nugs in it because i thought that i was it was easy for me to measure out how much went into a joint so it's funny that you say that you know if you're just going to roll a joint ground it up anyway you might as well get the schmediums you know at a 45 yeah. dollar price point for your weed especially in the state of florida if it's coming in you know, if I'm getting the same nug count as I am from one of the uh, other MSOs, then why the hell not? You know, I think you guys, I think that's going to be your problem. You're going to keep selling out of mediums. Yeah, I mean, we hope so. I mean, the uh, and, and and we're doing stuff around customer loyalty that the prices are are coming down even cheaper, and we're refining our customer loyalty. And so, you know, while while the sixty dollar eighth, you know, isn't ideal, it's still it's still less than people pay in California with the taxes and everything because it's very true taxes. So we feel that we're, our quality is on par with what you find in California from various top brands and it's in Florida. And, um, and yeah, we, we would also like to have lower prices too. And we will. And, and so we'll continue doing that, but our loyalty program is going to be super robust. And so um, I think the customers are going to appreciate, or hopefully they will appreciate what we've got coming um, with loyalty. I think as long as the quality there, they absolutely will. And I think it's starting to show already. Um, you know, I think it's time that the state got a nice quality product and you're hundred percent right based on what that that's what people, people look at the shelf price in California. And I've never felt like I never knew how to do math more than when I buy weed in California, because I'll be walking around the store forgetting okay. about the tax. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this and this and this. And I start adding up in my head. I'm like, all right, that should be like, I don't know, two twenty. And then you go check out. They're like, 375. I'm like, wait a second. Where, where I yeah, know I can gotta, add in my head. 25%. Yeah. You got to tack that 25% in most jurisdictions between the, the sales tax, the cannabis tax, the city. It's just like, it's a lot. It's way too much. It's not fair. I, I like Florida for that. I agree with that. It's it's interesting to see the different models that are being done across the state. And that's actually an easy transition or sorry, different states. And that's an easy transition into TRP code. So TRP code didn't exist. I don't think the last time we spoke again, October 6, 2020. So you guys essentially, you know, via the cookies brand and via what you guys were doing, and then the other brands that you work with became 
the largest privately held MSO in the country with uh, a few heard of brands, we'll call them to, to try to be funny, but tell us a little bit more about TRP and what you guys are doing there. Cause I understand it, you know, it is now the parent company for cook or, or, you know, brand partnerships with cookies, Dr. Green thumbs and insane. Yeah. And I, I think we're probably one of the bigger ones. It's hard to tell with private companies, but we, um, we definitely, um, you know, we're operational now in nine different States. Uh, eight of them, we've got, uh, operational retail and we've done that all over the last couple of years and so it's been a lot of people working really really hard in every state that we expand into it's it's like a whole new business whole new supply chain different suppliers different growers different vendors different packaging it's just like it's it's very very um management intensive even different um, really, that you're allowed to use yeah, different lingo. Like Ohio sells tents, not ace. Like it's just weird stuff, right? Pennsylvania, you're not allowed so, to use the word cannabis. It has to be medical marijuana. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's wild. Um, but yeah, so TRP, you know, we our our core company is is really always been TRP since about 2019. Uh, Cookies Retail is is a company underneath that umbrella, um, and we've just we've kind of been in the background um, and really trying to just fly below the radar. But recently, um, with some additional brand partnerships and just kind of it's like a necessary evil to, to market yourself, unfortunately, in, in this business or really in anything in this world. So we, we had to start branding ourselves and, and doing that whole thing um, and just letting people know who we are and, and that we're we are an MSO, but we're not like a big, bad, evil MSO. Um, you know, we care about quality. We care about genetics. We care about growers. We care about customers and patients. Um, you know, our passion, our passion is with cannabis. You know, we are a for-profit company. You know, it's not a charity over here, but we we come at it from a place of love. And and that's really where I think is a little bit different. Not that there's no one else that does that same thing, but you know, we'll we we'll align ourselves with brands and and breeders that um it's not necessarily the 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 most money-making move, but it's the move that we're excited about. And we want to, we want to offer a backbone to a lot of the legacy guys that really were the ones that put everyone else in the position um, that they're in today. And, and we're doing this thing for the last 20 years, 30 years in some cases. And so it's really trying to prop up legacy brands, offer them the infrastructure that's needed to scale on a national basis and um, and that's really what TRP is all about. And Florida, Florida is kind of like our our proving ground to do that. And and we're really trying to perfect our business plan in Florida, which is really cool because it's a forced vertical. We control everything from seed to sale, everything from the environment in the facility to the extraction to the cultivation to the teams that are doing that to the distribution to the to choosing which strains we do to the all the way to the customer journey to the retail build out to the customer loyalty and everything in between. And, and it's really a cool experience and it's like it's verticality in it's truest sense of, of the meaning. And so it's um, you know, I think you're seeing a lot of brands head down to Florida, which is really cool, not just with us, but with other groups too. And so I think in the last 12 months, Florida patients um, have gotten a lot their, their, their lives have improved quite a bit because there are now options. There is some awesome genetics that are being grown at a very top level. Um, I've got a lot of respect for a few of the other groups out there that are doing 
doing their thing, both from the brand perspective, from the quality perspective. So I think it's going to make everyone step up their game and I think it's going to benefit the patients and there's, there's nothing wrong with competition, um, especially in a place where, you know, in California, you know, if we want to do a cool drop in California, it's like, who cares almost like, unless it's just the craziest drop ever, but in Florida, it's cool because maybe there's no one else doing a drop that day, or, or, or maybe there's one drop going on in the entire state of 21 people, um, that, you know, that week. And so there's, there's just really cool opportunities that we don't necessarily have in California to the same extent we have in Florida and Florida is honestly just as much of a trendsetter state, much as, as much of a cultural epicenter as California is. So we, we view it as a really unique opportunity and, and where we can really solidify our business plan. That's awesome, man. And, and to me, it's always been crazy how not always crazy because it made sense at first, but right now we're in a place where MSO is, is a dirty word. And, and I hate that, right? Because at some point we had the original MSOs that I think a lot of people are talking about that just because they got big and they're publicly traded and, and the makeup of the corporation, right? But at the end of the day, every cannabis company that really wants to leave their mark on the industry, even if they started in California, is going to get out of California at some point. And when that happens, we have to consider them an MSO. It stands for multi-state operator, not multi-state corporation or publicly traded or anything else like that. If you operate in more than one state, you're a multi-state operator. You guys happen to be vertical in a lot of those states, um, which is a little bit more impressive, but it's something that we do at Heisman, right? I mean, technically we're a multi-state operator. I mean, we're a multi-state brand really, but you know, we're, we're in multiple states. We're in California, we're in Oregon. We'll be in Massachusetts and Pennsylvania this week. And I'd like to see, yeah, I know there's that whole corporate versus legacy battle, but I, you know, I think we're at a point now where those two sides are starting to realize that they need each other and that we can work together. And there is a platform like, like cookies and like TRP where you can give these guys on the legacy side that make, I get this feeling and I hope people don't hate on me for this, that there are a lot of people that just don't want to deal with all the nuances that come to running an actual full on legitimate business the taxes, the payroll, the stupid HR shit, onboarding, finding insurance policies. Like you are really good at growing cannabis. You've been doing it for 30 years. Do you really want to make sure that your OSHA posters are, are, are hung up in your grow? Like, can you imagine you're the best at what you do and you can't sell weed because you don't have OSHA posters or something like that? So you know, I see yeah. companies like you coming in and it really not even like that. It, it get, I think a lot of these larger companies are giving opportunities to people who otherwise would not have opportunities in the legal market. And I believe they're putting them in positions to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. You said it. You said some interesting stuff there. I mean, I think the I think you are starting some. I'm not even going to say the smarter legacy guys, but like the guys that are just like a little bit ahead of the curve that are comfortable with who they are i've i've actually been hearing some guys throw around the mso term you know like they are msos which they are yeah and so i feel like that the meaning of that word is changing a little bit even yourself at heisman and some other brands that i like have a ton of respect for that are hey we're msos now um and i think that's cool because it's it has become kind of this evil word in the space um and uh can you uh, you're good. I can still hear you. Oh, now you're gone. All right, folks. This is uh, when we interviewed Dan. Like I said, he is always on the road, typically on Wi-Fi. So sometimes we lose him here. But to his point, you know, the MSO world right now, it is goes beyond the people that you see in the MSOS um, 
the MSOS ETF. It goes beyond the people that are traded on the OTC. It goes beyond a lot of these people. And, you know, it, it is anybody who is working in multi-state. If you look at even Jungle Boys, Jungle Boys is a multi-state operator at this place. Um, all right. I think we got Dan back. Now. All right. He's back. Don't worry. Last time when this happened, I didn't know what to do, but I carried the conversation this time. So we're good. Um, <laughs> sorry, man. It's uh, I hold on two secs. You're good. Um, yes, you'll laugh. I, I moved. I moved yesterday and uh, Internet's not hooked up yet. And so I'm doing this from my phone. And, uh, you know, someone called me and it cut me out of Zoom. If, oh, my God, dude, if I tell you when we first started this podcast, I used to record it on my phone and I didn't know that that was a thing. So I would have a podcast and my phone would be facing the opposite way of me. So I didn't know that somebody would call. There is Cody Sanchez, who used to be a really big investor in this space. I think she's moved on and she she does more other things. She still invests here. I did a 60 minute interview with her. and I think we lost like 26 minutes because somebody called oh me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so my bad. Um, what was the last thing we were we talking about? Um, how some of these legacy guys are starting to accept the term MSO and how brands are becoming MSOs, and it's really moving beyond that initial, you know, swath of MSOs that are publicly traded. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think the word is definitely changing, and you know, we would like to try and and push that narrative forward that um, just because you're an MSO, just because you've got corporate people on the team doesn't mean that you're not doing this and in this business for the right reason. Um, yeah, we're, we're trying to make money here cause that's just the way the world works, but you know, we love weed and we want to see, we want to progress this industry. Um, we want to progress rare genetics, exotic genetics, breeders that deserve to do what they're doing. And we recognize that there's a lot of people in the space that they might be good at one thing. They might be really good at cultivating. They might be good at extracting. They might be a breeder, but that doesn't mean that they have the ability, the bandwidth, the expertise to go and scale into 10, 15 states and other countries. Like, so we want to we want to do a lot of the ugly, dirty work in the background, legal compliance, real estate um, and, and just making making a scalable company. And then we can, we can kind of help other brands um, and breeders and take them along for the ride. And then everyone, everyone wins. The patients win, customers win, the breeders, the growers, everyone, everyone should win. If everyone just kind of plays their, plays their part and stays in their lane. And we, we found a lane that we, we believe in. It's been very challenging to, to grow this fast in this many States. Um, but we're, we're kind of breaking through now and, and really, you know, with Florida and launching that and some of the other projects that we have going on, um, you know, we're, we're just, we're really excited and we're trending in the right direction. And we're kind of just like everyone right now, we're fighting that, we're fighting that fight, but we're fighting, we're fighting really hard. Yeah. And, and the last thing on that topic is the one thing I love about this is, you know, California for the longest time has been kind of the home or the, the Mecca for weed, at least in this country. Right. And there have been so many legacy growers. There are so many legacy strains and, and companies for that matter that I feel like the opportunity that, that our TRP or any of these multi-state operators bring is bringing some of these best of breed in California to the rest of the country. Like, we know the good weed comes from California. We know the good weed is grown there. Can you guys come over here and try to grow some here? Can you try to grow some in New York? Can you try to grow some in Ohio, right? Like 
the whole country needs to have this experience and it's going to take the the legendary folks from california to do that i'm sure that there are plenty in the states that which we have but maybe not enough because it hasn't been legal and it hasn't had that kind of legal medical market that california has had since the 90s right so you know you have both legal and and gray market experience in california that i think the rest of the country can benefit from and i think on that conversation of legacy versus corporate. I think this is an opportunity as much as I would love to see every OG get a license and be able to run their own business. It's just not realistic. Right. And I don't mean that from like a political standpoint. I mean, from a feasibility standpoint, it's just not realistic. Not everybody can have their own business. Some people need to work for other people. I, yeah, I, I kind of use the, the hairstylist analogy. It's like there, there might be someone that is just so good at cutting hair or like a barber that just, is on point, but that doesn't mean that that guy is the same guy that's going to own and run the salon effectively. So everyone just kind of needs different things and, and different roles and responsibilities. Um, and, uh, if you're in the grow every day and your job is to worry about plants, that is like a 24, seven, 365, pretty much, except for maybe a little bit of sleep. It's really, really hard to do anything else above and beyond that, let alone dealing with cities and construction and compliance and, and the guys that do it for like one facility, you know, and they're, they're busting their ass and they're going to the city and they're talking to planners and they're pushing things through and they know, they know how hard it is. I mean, we have an entire team that does that stuff. And so it's like, it's uh, and, and let alone to do that on one facility, but to do that in 10 different States, like all like within a few years and whatever, it's, it's basically impossible unless you team up with other people on your team, either you do it in house, you partner with different partners in different States um, and so it's, there's no, there's no company that can be everywhere to everybody all the time because of everywhere that you want to set up. It's like different supply chain, different facilities, different relationships, different rules, different regs, even the biggest MSOs, they're not, they're not doing it effectively in every single state. Like no. they're not in every state. So it's, uh, our, our approach is going to be hybrid. We want to be, we want to be vertical wherever we can. Unfortunately, there is a limit to capital and you can't just go and build out 20 different states with 10 to $30 million grows. It's just, it's just not feasible. And so it's uh, we got to pick and choose. So we chose Florida and, and because it's really, if you want to play in Florida, you got, you got to do it. And there'll be some other States that will go big in. Um, and, and there's a lot of States where there's already like awesome growers, you know, places like Michigan, California, um, Oregon, like you don't necessarily, people already built that infrastructure. And so it's about the right alignments with the right cultivators and the right deal structures. And you can almost make these people kind of part of the whole, the whole family. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a hands-off licensing type situation, which a lot of people do and they can do it successfully, but our approach is more hands-on. So if we're going to work with farms in different States, it's a little bit different of an approach than, than say a brand that is trying to scale their brand to other States, because what we're trying to do is, is multifaceted with multi brands and having retail stores in those States. Um, and so it's a, it's a slightly different approach. It's almost like a hybrid between an MSO and a brand that's scaling and, and a brand that's just fully vertical. So we're kind of mixing them all together. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think you guys have done a very good job of being one of the few brands that establish themselves as a leader in both product and retail experience, right? Um, and I think that 
I'm just shitting on everybody today. I think that a lot of the MSOs, unfortunately, did not, right? Um, I think a lot of the MSOs, unfortunately, did a very good job establishing their retail experience and their retail brand. And we look now and you see a lot of these MSOs are either trying to run back and create an arbitrary brand that really has no backstory to it that's just based on whatever it is. And obviously, the industry is seeing right through that. Or they're going and trying to acquire brands or partner with brands. And that's what we're seeing is the future. Cookies, obviously, I think, you know, starting with the with Burner and the strains that he created and, and having that, you know, brand presence, you were very early on as a popular brand, which might have allowed you guys to become that great retailer as well, too. And one of the things I think you've done really, really well is you operate as an actual retailer. So when I went down to to Miami and I'm trying to word this the right way without it sounding weird. I don't want to say I wasn't impressed. I was definitely impressed. But when I walked in, it was a cookies. Like I walked in and it was exactly what I expected it to be. I expect, you know, it, it was very similar to the one on Melrose. It was very similar to a lot of the stores that I've seen in California. When I walked in, I'm like, so I don't want to say I wasn't impressed. I was definitely impressed with the beautiful stores, but it was like yeah. deja vu. I'm like, oh, I've been here before. So Yeah. We're trying to, we're trying to create, a, um, a consistent experience state by state, whether it be product or retail customer journey, build outs. Um, you got to be a little bit careful. We're starting to learn you need to be a little bit careful because you don't want to be so the same everywhere because there's different markets that have different nuances. And cannabis is a very localized business. And so, you know, while, you know, we're trying to be experts in this space, we are learning too. And as you go to all these different states and you see what works and what doesn't, and we're still, we're refining our processes every day and figure out what we want to do. And so you got to be, you got to be, um, you got to be localized. You got to be community driven. Um, you got to, you got to get out there. You got to have relationships with the local communities that you're in. Um, and that's not easy when, when you're in so many different states. And so we created this big footprint and now we're kind of going back into that footprint and, and making tweaks to the business plan um, and trying to get as highly localized as we possibly can in each market. Because in every market that we're in, there is some company or some brand that they don't give a shit about any other state. All they care about is that state or that region of that state. And they want to protect their turf and they just, they want to just like clobber the competition and they're, they're, they know their markets, they know their people um, and cannabis people can't big hardcore cannabis consumers. A lot of the times they um, they're localized and, mm -hmm. and it's not uh, they don't want to, they don't want necessarily everything to be the same all the time in every single place. Um, so you got to be careful. It's a fine balance. You can't, you can't please everybody, but we're trying to please as many people as we can while staying true to who we are, which is one of the hardest things that uh, in cannabis really. A hundred percent. You definitely can't please all the people. And there are a lot of people in this industry. You just can't ever please, but it, it is yeah, interesting yeah. because you know, it, this, this industry is such a industry of opposites. Like you want to have a national homogenous brand, but like you said, it also needs to be hyper localized too. So it is interesting. And, and, and I believe that is the absolute right approach. You guys opened up your footprint and now you're refining it to be the best it can be. Um, you know, when we build these brands, to me, a lot is not only are you community building within your, you know, your consumer base, but you're also essentially community building within the industry to 
find people that are just super pumped on, on selling your product, right? Because like you said, you operate in all these different states and with the regulations and everything else, if you guys do a partnership, you know, for example, you guys were able to acquire a license in Florida. So you're cookies through and through, but a lot of brands will come in here and they'll do a licensing deal with somebody who has an existing license because it's really expensive to start here. And it's a, it's a high investment, right? So, you know, you're technically not even working with your employees or the people who are pushing your product aren't necessarily always working for you. You know, with you guys, I'm sure there are people along the supply chain in certain states where they are excited and they, they're, they're selling cookies because they're fans of it, not because that's their whole job. Right. So, you know, with me, it's the community that you're building. It goes beyond just your consumers. It's also the people that work with you too. And I think, I don't think, I know that you guys have set the model for that and that other brands are, are chasing you. And, you know, I'll, I'll end this rant here with, we, we are meeting with an investment firm and, you know, they had mentioned you and they, you know, we said, what, what makes cookies so special that they, everyone loves them. And obviously i revenues, reputation, all that stuff is the easy stuff. But they said, you find their bags on the street in cities in which they're not sold. And we're yeah. like, holy shit, that's incredible. So I started flying around the country and just littering. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, cookies, cookies has, has been a great partner. They've, uh, there's, it's definitely caught lightning in a bottle. I mean, they've, they've been at it long before TRP got involved with them. Um, and so it's, it's been a long time coming and there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of work that went into it and it's just, uh, right timing, right genetics, kind of really just lightning in a bottle. Um, and so we're, we're super excited at TRP to have, have them as a partner, um, have them as our, our retail brand in Florida. Um, we are bringing other brands to Florida that we're really, really excited about. We're super hyper-focused on the genetic side of it, just because Florida can't really do a ton of fun stuff on the branding side yet. Um, no. Although they're, they're loosening up on the packaging a little bit, but we, um, you know, we, uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff. I can't talk about it at all, but I can give a little bit of snippets. I mean, we did drop gas house. we got the OG Pluto. Um, that's an independent brand um, minority owned um, with Felix and Kingston. And that OG Pluto is just like the second it hit, um, and Kingston's a, he's a Miami guy and got a lot of support. And so we, uh, when the second that thing hit, it, it was going crazy. Um, and we have, we have so many strains in the hopper that in about two months, um, we'll have a lot of different strains dropping. We are bringing compound genetics to Florida, which, right. uh, is, is a little bit of some new news. Um, and so that's super exciting. One of the better breeders in the game. And so we will be, uh, we'll be compound Florida as well. So the cool thing with, with these licenses is you can really just, whatever brand that is, you are, you are them in Florida and it's really important to work closely with them. So you're representing them in the right fashion with the right quality. Um, and it's, it's been a fun process kind of going through the libraries with these guys and picking and choosing the right, the right strains. And then really just looking even at what we have in the growing rotation and refining that. Um, and really the end goal being every single strain that's on our shelf is going to be a hitter. Um, I think we're kind of there right now, but we're going to be cycling a lot of new stuff in and then we'll be cycling stuff in, taking it out. And so for us, the menu is going to be ultra important and really just, you know, real estate's expensive in our facility. Lights are expensive. And so everything that we do, we want it to be a hitter and we just, we've got some crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, our menu, it's going to, yeah, I'm just really, really excited about it. 
Oh, no, you do. And I was actually, I told you, I was looking at the menu earlier, and I don't have the website. Menu, the menu is good now. I think we're doing a pretty good job. But some of the stuff that we are about to drop, it's not even available in dispensaries in California um, on the legal market. And so we've got some stuff that's just next, next level. And it'll be hitting Florida for the first time in the legal market, which is really cool. That I'm pumped about. So you're going to have to let me know before the stream is coming out. I got a babysitter. I got to get down to Miami. <laughs> um, I'm excited about that, man. I Like I said, I think you guys coming to Florida is really going to set the standard here. I think it's going to drive a lot of people to do better. And I think, you know, I think just the anticipation of you guys coming has had a lot of people looking at what they're doing and, and trying to fix it. You know, I'd say the, the closest people doing what you're doing in Florida right now would be the Flowery bringing in uh 710 and backpack boys and they've got a really cool miami location as well too prefer, it's prefer only God, two companies gardens. what's that they prefer gardens shout out to preferred yeah. gardens preferred gardens as well too that bacio gelato is, is very tasty and so is your apples and bananas as well um i gotta get down there and try the pink runs that's always one that i've always loved so i want to see how you guys are doing it you got the pink the pink runs is is an awesome awesome strain but yeah, I mean, the, the Flowery is doing their thing. Jungle Boys is doing their thing. I mean, the seven Flowery's got 710, Backpack. Jungle, Jungle Boys needs to come down to South Florida already. I get it. Ocala, Orlando, we get it. You guys like Central Florida. I think get they're down coming. Here. I think they're coming um, down there. I believe I saw that there was going to be a Miami store opening. But but yeah, I mean, the, there's, there is a few of us down there now. And so I think we'll all kind of rise the whole industry in Florida up. Um, and so I think people starting to catch on you know and so it's uh it's exciting it is an exciting man well congratulations to you guys for for florida and everything else that you've been doing i mean i was you're in like 14 states two countries i just saw an announcement uh portugal as well yeah so that cookies our brand partner that was a, a partnership licensing deal that they signed um we uh trp we we did win one of the Dutch experiment licenses. That's our second country that we'll be entering into um, the Netherlands this coming year, which we're super excited about. Um, it's a really cool program where they awarded 10 licenses to be able to legally sell to the coffee shops. And um, yeah, we've got stores in eight states. We've got a cultivation that we're invested in Michigan. So we've got nine states right now. We've got another five states um, that are coming online in the next six, 12 months. So yeah, that'll take us to 14 states, two countries. Um, and we've got a lot of exciting projects. We've got a partnership with Dr. Green Thumb and Insane uh, with Be Real from Cypress Hill that we're rolling out. So we're going to be rolling them in out nationally, um, which is super exciting, bringing them down to Florida. Um, there's really no more real player in the game than Be Real and absolutely love that brand. Awesome genetics. They crush it in Cali. Um, and so um, it's super exciting. And with that brand, as we go to the different states, um, really the the insane is all the exclusive genetics. And then Dr. Green Thumb, we were teaming up with the best of the best legacy cultivators in all the different states that we enter into um, and really promote them. So uh, we got QR codes and all the bags. We're building content around the farms and really just propping up that farm and being transparent with our genetics, being transparent with who our partners are, and really kind of just giving back and propping those farms up in every state that we go into to kind of just tie into that localized community approach. Um, so we're going to be headed out to Michigan and we've just got some straight killers that we're teaming up with there and, and we'll be going state to state with that brand, which is super exciting. Dude, that's awesome. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I think you guys are, are really setting a standard in the industry. Um, and I'm really pumped about what you're doing in Florida. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, man, me too. Excited for you. You too with Heisman. 
I know we're selling your guys up in our stores in, in Oregon and, you know, and, and we'll be helping you guys out wherever we can help prop that brand up. Really a big fan of that brand. Absolutely. And that's absolutely what I love about this industry, man, is it, just this co-opetition that we have, right? You know, we're still at a point in time where we can all be fans of each other, all help each other out. Trust me, 100%. I smoke plenty of cookies and Dr. Green Thumb, more of a lemonade guy personally, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. plenty Blanco. of that when I'm out in smoke, California. Smoke the block, the block, the block is a good one for you. What's that? Blanco was the, the first Blanco's one strength. I bought. Yeah, that, that that's fire. I need to go I mean, back. We're getting all more. the we're getting their new strains too. So that's another partnership that we're doing with the Pure Blanco guys. So we'll have four new strains that already hit Cali, but we'll be bringing those to Florida as well. So that'll be super cool. All right. Well, I'm personally going to start working on this restriction thing because with all the strains you guys are going to have, this two and a half ounces over thirty days is just not going to work out. Let's get wrecked. Let's, let's put our energy into getting wrecked in Florida, and then no one has to worry about any of this crap. We need to, but we missed the ballot for 2022. So we're looking at 2024 unless it becomes some kind Get of it. constitutional, unless the government does it. So we'll see. But uh, that's, it. you know, that's the benefit of C-Lab. We have an ear to the government all the time. Um, Dan, thank you for your time. This has thank been you. awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been appreciate a, it, man. a long time. Uh, we will definitely do this more often as you guys are, are expanding in Florida and coming out with new store locations. And maybe we'll do this from a store one day um, before it. I let you go. Promotions, handles, anything you want to throw uh, out there. Yeah, so we just we just launched our, our TRP Instagram. So that's trp.hq. Um, cookies Retail is our other Instagram account for all of our cookie stores. Um, and that's kind of it. We got our, our Cookies Florida account got taken down with 40,000 followers, uh, all orga all organic, just like, and then there's like thousands of fake Florida accounts for us that are just still just doing their thing, but we're appealing it. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're kind of looking at some alternative ways. We're actually starting a telegram account for our Florida, our Miami store. So we can kind of post pictures and different things freely. Instagram is uh, they're, uh, they're an interesting one. They are. Who would have thought that LinkedIn would be one of the most friendly places for the cannabis industry? LinkedIn too. Follow us on LinkedIn, TRP account, Cookies Retail account. We're on LinkedIn. Appreciate everyone's support. And uh, yeah, man. Look for everybody to head down. Everybody future. head down to Miami. Check out Cookies. And then uh, do you, you guys have an, an opening date for Orlando yet? Or is that still up in the air? We don't. I mean, the store is basically ready to go. Um, we just want to get our cultivation in a spot where we know we can have good products and uh, be able to supply it on a consistent basis. But I, it's gonna, it's gonna happen soon. It's, it's not. It's months, not year. Let me know because I'm gonna plan a Disney trip around it just for an excuse. Let's, to let's go. do it. Let's do it, man. Thank you <laughs> awesome. so much for all you your support. You got the kids Appreciate too. It. We'll just meet in Disney after the grand opening. It'll be good. Let's go. Magic let's Kingdom. Go. Let's do all it, right, man. Uh, thanks, thanks, thanks for having all me, right. folks. Thank you to Appreciate everybody at home for watching. This has been another episode of Elevate Your Grind. We'll be back next week. If you are interested in joining Cannabis Lab, you can check it out at jointclab.com. Of course, if you missed this episode and you want to see it again, or if you want to see any of the other hundreds of episodes that we have, check that out at youtube.com slash elevateyourgrind. Folks, this has been another episode of Elevate Your Grind. We're out.